Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Detroit Dart Talk. In the studio today, we have Connor McGaffey, Tim Houle, and myself, Eric Shellman. And we are joined by two guests. They are dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Sierra from Youngstown. Bogue from Youngstown. All right. Like a little like fanfare going on. That's because you guys are special. You guys get fanfare. Not everybody <laughs> We're gets special fanfare. kind of special. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's yeah. got, got a thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to try it, guys. We're going to try a new segment today, um, and we're just going to open up with it. And it's uh, new blasters that we've been working on being replaced with. Sorry. Uh, we are replacing that with modded blasters. And we're going to take an, a blaster every week, and we're going to talk about the modding potential. And we're going to talk about what you can do to it, what it's good for, at least what we think in our perspective, be that for HVZ, for playing around the house, or for the NIC, the DDC, the DDL, the SENC, and whatever acronyms you want to throw in there. And then a little input from Connor, too, about uh, how they work from the club and robustness, if they are a blaster he's used before. So let's start it off with our very first contestant, and that's the Bulldog. So, Connor, you want to give a quick background of, uh, of what's going on right now with all these new blasters that are coming to market? Yeah, so the new blasters are kind of like almost tailored for the Dart Club. There are like a lot of front-loading blasters. Super, They seem super easy to use, and they're priced nicely, like 20 bucks. Uh, that's, that's a nice price for a blaster. So I bought four of the Bulldogs. I tried to buy four of everything, um, but I didn't this time. So I bought four Bulldogs, four, no, the two ruckus. of the Ruckus. Oh, yeah. And three of the nail biters, they only had three, so odd number. But um, yeah, as far as like the bulldog, there's definitely a fun factor there. The sight that's on it is definitely going to come off immediately. Anything that has a sight at the dart club, it just immediately we lose it somewhere that they don't stay on. Um, but it looks like a fun blaster. If it's durable, I'll probably get more. Um, same with the other ones. I'm a big fan of the nail biter. The ruckus, I don't. Eh. I'm on the fence. If it breaks, I probably won't replace it. But the ruckus is chunky. That's how I would describe it. Yeah, they look like. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm. I like the price tag for them. They look somewhat premium. Not premium, but like they put some work into it. A little heft to them. But right on. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. So, but today we're going to focus on the bulldog. We might talk about some of those other ones in the future. We're going to do one per episode. And so we went ahead and cracked open the bulldog before starting the show. And uh, Tim and I took a look at it. Um, Tom's out today. He's uh, having some facial swelling. <laughs> He's going to love it when he listens to this. <laughs> he had a tooth problem or a dentist yeah. problem. He would have sounded like this if I joined our Way to just call him out like that. I know. Well, you know, he's never here, so what's yeah. he going to do? He misses like 50% <laughs> of the episodes. More than 50%. Yeah. yeah. He's on the reserves. I don't think he even listens to these episodes anyway, so <laughs> we can really say whatever we want. Yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know Tom? Have you met Tom anywhere before? Do you know who this is? You can say no. The the honest I, answer is I probably have. <laughs> I just don't remember him. Tom ran or with names, rescue so squad anybody? at End War. Yeah, that's so right. you oh. make you know the, so I've the, probably met him for like certain. I just you know the picture don't. of Jangular going around where he's got his battle cry going on. Rah, that's that's about just cry. before Jang got tagged out at End War. Tom that like. It became a meme. For yeah, t- like Tom's a week. the guy Aww. right next to him. I miss all the good memes. Yeah, it was a good one. Basically, Jangular screaming in photo form, but like plastered on everything you can think of. <laughs> as you do. Yeah, yeah, as one does. 
Anyways. Yeah. Has it been put on t-shirts yet? Is that the real question? Ooh. Next year. We or should like that's our squad uniform for <laughs> next year. Yeah, uh, he listens to this though. <laughs> I'd be cool to like surprise. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, we'll still do it. He'll forget about that maybe. Probably. <laughs> These guys I, don't I like that idea. That's all right. We can edit this out later. That's true. There you go. No, <laughs> it's not. Oh, but you said it's true this yeah, time. Yeah, but I'm excited about this. Uh, okay. All right. We're at, what, three minutes and something seconds? All right. Make a note. No, don't make a note. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the bulldog is uh, the blaster we're continuing to allude to today, and it is sort of the deploy of the mega line. So, uh, Bogue, I think you know a little bit about the deploy. Tell us your opinions. Tell us everything so, about the deploy. I would just like to point out that I've become a sock ninja, and the ploy is one of the reasons why. You, <laughs> you have too many of these like blasters that I've like used that it just like this seems good in theory, and then it just fails the second anyone puts a hand on it. Yeah. And I'll, anytime there's something that folds up in a nerf blaster, I'm a little concerned from the start. <laughs> but I don't know. With like the megas, most of them seem like they've done a decent job with correcting a lot of like the old mistakes from like the early end strike lines. So maybe this one will surprise me, but I'm I'm still going to avoid those and keep yeah. chucking socks at people. We'll have to we'll have to get you back on the blaster bandwagon. We'll, you know, nah. They've come so far. You want to join my lightning boat? It's, it's team? not Mimi enough. So I thought that was a secret. Is it a secret? No, He's I talked about it. I've talked about show. it. Yeah. Oh, I thought I can't. You know. So if re- any listeners want to squat up with a lightning bow. I'm actually thinking <laughs> we might run all lightning bows because I'm pretty sure that my wife doesn't care. About... I think they're on Amazon for like seventy dollars right now. <laughs> oh, is that all? You that's have all. collectibles. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I hope my. I was gonna say that's probably another reason I never got into blasters is just because of like how expensive they can be, and I am the definition of a broke college student, even though I'm not in college anymore. <laughs> And I don't have that kind of money to drop. Yeah, so they used to be a lot cheaper. I think I bought all mine for like around like $10 at the last Black Friday. But they don't sell them in stores anymore. So when that happens, all these third-party people just – I don't know who buys them though. People who want that thing. I feel like it just ends up being listed for that and just – People who don't know anything about it, like, oh, this is super expensive. I need this Money in my laundry. <laughs> and then they get it, and yeah. they're like, oh. And then they get it, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> when you see those blasters or whatever on uh, something that's really cheap, and you see it sell on eBay or a place like that for really high amounts of money, that is money laundering. That is exactly <laughs> how you transfer money from one place to another for you know a product that is no- worth nowhere near that value. Yeah, so I'd like to... Uh, <laughs> Say hello to all the feds that have just joined this podcast. <laughs> Sup, guys? <laughs> Hi, FBI. The government's closed. They're <laughs> not you here. Doing? That's true. That's true. <laughs> what are you doing? Sorry, Tim was making a lewd <laughs> joke behind the scenes. He made a me- he made a mega dong over here. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not editing it out, guys. So now it's still PG thirteen. <laughs> still PG thirteen. We don't really have a a, a, a target for language and i think we've dropped an f-bomb once but didn't we decide that that was okay because you could still be rated r and drop one f-bomb no P- you can be pg-13 oh, PG oh pg-13 yeah. yeah that's right yeah. That's so right. every so. episode we gotta pull it put in a really hard f word just well that's a maybe we'll just end idea every episode all right <laughs> okay let's finish up on the bulldog here so the bulldog we popped the bulldog open and the it's 
really encouraging, really, really encouraging. So we didn't uh, have parts around to monitor or anything like that, but you break open the bulldog and you can see that all the deploy-esque mechanisms that flip the front grip in uh, up and down, the, the rear stock in and out, and the sight up and down, uh, those mechanisms are self-contained. So even if a kid wrenches on it, breaks it, whatever, you know, does does this. Let me give you some sound oh, effects. There was the sound effect yeah. right there. So right now the stock is the stock has a ratcheting mechanism behind it. So what Tim's doing right now, besides you know shortening the life, is uh no, it's a uh, it's got a different. <laughs> All right, that's enough sound effects. It's got a different <laughs> mechanism on it so that it, it actually has like a ratcheting system so that if a kid slams it into something or you decide you want to, you know, check the someone's side of their face with the stock, um, it has a little give to it. So you're not going to uh, ruin Love it. Love tap. Yes. The front grip is not that way, though. The front grip has teeth that will shear off. So, um, so that's kind of a cool thing. And the firing mechanism is awesome because it is one giant plunger tube with a big old spring in it we have a picture of that up on our instagram along with the internals so you can check that out um by the time the episode is over bogan sierra please don't check it out right now because you won't see mm. it but you'll see one of the pictures but uh yeah it looks like it takes about a standard thick retaliator spring but could definitely take a k26 especially with some work and uh the plunger tube like we were saying before is quite large um so if you wanted to single it, like some people do, and fire one single dart out of the uh, an elite style dart instead of a mega dart, um, there are adapters available for that for you to do if you were so inclined, and uh, that would be pretty awesome. Uh, you might have to modify it to work with the smart AR system. Um, the smart AR for those who are um, interested, uh, it means that each of the three darts that you can put in this blaster, or however many they design it for. Uh, those darts activate little posts, and is and the dart has a sort of a bias. It'll fire one dart at a time, even though there's multiple ones installed. And as you go through the darts, um, they change how much power they have behind them. So they're going to hit less hard as it goes along. In this case, the bulldog, the very top dart has the least amount of dead space behind it, so it's going to hit the hardest, and then it's going to get softer as it goes down. So you get a little bit of a drop as it goes along. Uh, so it, for all you modders out there, keep that in mind. Um, the, the high, the top dart on there is going to hit the hardest. Uh, another mod, um, Tim, do you want to talk about mods you can do to the, uh, plunger tube? Like Teflon tape and stuff um, like that? Yeah. So the plunger tube, like it was, it, it's, <coughs> excuse me, uh, very efficiently designed. There's very little dead space in the plunger tube itself. I mean, you, you don't really need to worry about padding the head of the plunger to mm -hmm. take up any of that dead space. It comes apart really easily. It does come apart very easily. Just a couple tabs on the side, and it, it slides right out. It wasn't solvent welded. Um, if you do want a K26, like Eric was mentioning, it looks like there's a little bit of uh, ribbing or you gotta uh, supports. you got to take some diagonal that, cutters, right? That you'll have to... Uh, Knock some yeah. tabs out. But uh, it looked like very easy to to get the old spring out and put the new one in so mm -hmm. that's right little maybe a couple of wraps of teflon tape under the o-ring yep um, and it, some new lubricant because there was very sparingly applied it, from the factory yeah it's it's very very light application um a little bit a little bit of o-ring thickness increase with some teflon tape a little bit of lubrication, and uh, it's probably going to already increase the velocity quite a bit. The shape of the plunger tube, I know some of you modders care about that, and it does matter. The shape of it 
is pretty um, circular the whole way. It's not like a long shot where it's like an oval um, at the beginning in a more of a circle at the end. It's actually circular the whole way. So it's pretty efficient as it is, um, but it looks like it would take modding well. And a big, kind of a big cool thing that um, in the design is that the plunger tube is braced against the shell with some pretty thick ribs. So check it out, mod it up. And uh, let us know if you guys out there are doing any of these mods yourself and how it worked out for you. And if it broke, hmm, that's a shame. But post a picture and let us know how it broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Connor, did you want to throw any thoughts in there, by the way? I think we heard a lot of what... Nope. I'm good. Good deal. How about you guys out there, Sierra and Bogue? What do you think of the Mega Bulldog? <laughs> Don't care. I mean, I feel like it's trollsy enough to where I might consider using it, but mm -hmm. I'm not expecting to, like, go out there and have it be, like, something I'd use if I was actually trying. Yeah. I, I got a chance to run hard. this in, in our war uh, last weekend. Uh, we were doing a Defend the Core where you got uh, so many points for each dart that you put in a bin at the uh, defending mm -hmm. side's uh, end of the arena. And so it was a single point for elite darts, three points for megas, and five if you got a sock bomb in there. So uh, one of the guys that had come to the event had picked up several of these, so I ran one in, in that event. And it's uh, I had a lot of fun, but it was also pretty efficient. Um, you know, there's three darts in the Smart AR, and then there's three dart a three-dart holder on the side. And the three-dart holder on the side is perfectly spaced that if you grab all three they're spaced perfectly so that you can slide those three right in after you fire the three that are loaded in the blaster. So it's a pretty quick reload. Yeah, it's a pretty cool design. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I know you're saying there's drop in between the shots. How much is that like actually affecting you when you're out on the field with it? Um, not, not so much that I noticed. I mean, you do get a little bit less range, but I, that that game I was we were doing mostly close uh, close quarters shots, mm -hmm. either right up into the bin or as uh, people were rushing, we were shooting to take them out so they'd had to go back and respawn. Usually, I would say something like, you know, only if you care more about numbers than about actually having fun would you notice. But you you mm -hmm. do notice in this case, no, you do notice a little bit um, if you're trying so to. It's like, a Leroy Jenkins blaster is what I'm hearing. You better be running towards them if you're using it. <laughs> it's perfect for go. that. It's like tiny and powerful. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, but that uh, that Detroit Dart Ops, we'll talk about that next time. I think uh, we have quite a bit to cover today, so um, we'll, I think we can keep it for keep the yeah the what was it from the shadows? Darts from the shadows or Some, something? Something like that. Yeah, Sam Sam names it fun things every time. What's the new one called that's coming up? I don't even know. Oh, it, it's got another fun name. Anyways, but uh, we'll talk about those uh, next time. But I want to hear um, Bogan Sierra. Do you guys have any? Events that you've attended recently or put on because, uh, you know, you guys are you guys are deep into the uh, the planning and the actual playing of HVZ. So our audience probably would be interested in a little bit different perspective since they listen to us all the time. Ambush. I don't actually because coming off a topic totally about modding blasters, <laughs> know absolutely nothing about them. Considering I got into like nerf games and hvz about a year ago and after a singular week-long game i went directly into mod staff so i'm just kind of winging my way through this entire thing and yeah. hoping for the best <laughs> i mean it's working right yeah, i think the fun part so. is 
we keep dragging you out to other invites as well and put you in weird costumes and then have you get shot repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I ran the only invites I've attended outside of our own, obviously, is I made it to End War and Bowling Green. And I think both times, my first invite I ever like left Youngstown and went to, I wore a penguin costume for most of it. Like a, so, like how like a giant penguin costume or like kind of uh like one of those like banana man costumes? Is it It was a pretty decently sized it wasn't huge, but like I had flippers. So one of those ones didn't have like a hoop in it too that like had it spread out. Yeah, so there really was a hoop in the middle that like kept it out from my body. So I was relying one hundred percent on people calling shots on me because I couldn't feel any of them. I was just about to ask that. Like, it, were you, what role were you playing as the penguin? Like, what did the penguin do? Besides... This wasn't a role. This was just. It a... wasn't. I just did it. Oh, you just were. <laughs> Sierra, was this at I... BG Undead? This was at BG. Yes. I was at that event. I don't remember seeing your cast. <laughs> I remember seeing Dan in the Marilyn Monroe dress. No, that was, <laughs> that was... the last invite. Oh, it was. was it? I. Th- Think they're fall one of their fall games. Okay. Spring game, I don't know. One of the games. Yeah, no. One of those games. The so... that last BG game is Bogues. There's a loophole in the rules, so I'm gonna exploit it. The thirty foot uh, blowed p- pipe. Yep, yep, that's the one. Oh yeah. What? <laughs> it's not really a loophole. So, this started actually at Athens. Uh, where, as I'm sure most people know by now, Athens really doesn't have rules. You show up, you do whatever, and pray to God that no one loses an eye in the process. <laughs> one of the things that they did is most places when they have uh, blowpipes, because uh, I've been around since like last decade, dating myself. But I mean, we've been around for a, always... a couple decades actually, even so. Oh, I mean. I've been outdated. Wait, wait, wait. So you're 10 years old or are you? Yeah, I'm, I am saying literally like, 10 years old. Ah, oh, sweet, man. Hey, well, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to life. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> I was going to say, don't let the beard fool you, but that's gone now. Yeah, it's gone oh, no. now. Oh, no. We've, we've made mistakes. <laughs> do you regret that decision? Was it like you did it for November and you're like, I'm going to do it for no shave November and it's gone? I, I did it because a friend made the mistake of telling me i wouldn't do it plus my mom said she'd like she wanted me to clean up for uh christmas and then of course promptly after that she gives me a shirt that says like with great beard comes great responsibility it's been the funniest running joke for ever (laughs) oh that's so heartbreaking that's mean yeah harsh it'll it'll grow back in like a week and a half we'll be fine i got (laughs) canadian blood but uh yeah back to the blowgun up athens had the uh no limit on their length and most places are like three foot so like what can we do to make this absolutely ridiculous so showed up the day of the game went to lowe's bought one of their 10 foot uh like just pieces of pipe that they have laying around and wandered around trying to solo with that and uh you can you can fit a lot of darts in there and it, it becomes a pretty effective shotgun if you can actually aim it but it became a thing to where, like, you'd see the thing, like, bending over and you're trying to, like, just artillery shot stuff into a group. That's awesome. Hilarious to watch. Not effective at all. <laughs> but uh, we ended up 
uh, talking with some of the moderators down there about it, and they said, well, it has to be called the Peasant Rail Cannon, and you just have to have like, people holding it. Yeah. So at this BG invite, we ended up doing that. So we had uh, the three Dans. It was myself, uh, Dan, the other mod from Youngstown and Sierra, who was also Dan. And uh, they were like the front end of the uh, railgun. I attempted to shoot things, and we actually hit like two things. So, wow, it's <laughs> it more than all right. and they were things, things we were aiming at too. They weren't just yes. random things. Oh, oh, not like the side of a car or something. No, it was like no. actual zombies. Got tags. Nice. It's awesome. Not to be confused with the fake zombies. Yes. Well, <laughs> we call those, you know, what uh, pedestrians, uh, students. <laughs> uh, Speed bumps. Know. Speed yeah. bumps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only in a car, but yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Where were we going with this? I don't even remember. This Recent point. nerf events. We were talking about oh. um, if basically the last event that you guys attended. It uh, sounds like Fall Invitational was probably is that is that correct in saying your Fall? I think events? so. Honestly, I don't remember at this point. I haven't been like anywhere in a since fall so right this is one of the things we've been that we've been very lucky to have here is a place to play in the winter time so it hasn't nerf hasn't stopped in fact the momentum has been sort of building really up here which is excellent excellent next thing for us is we got to host a full-scale hvz please do i would love to come up there for that i mean if you want help planning it you know where to find us oh yeah (laughs) stop you have a problem we we have a hvz event monthly and we call it club z13 but we we kind of do a different take on it we do um short zombie based games and then like at the end of that mission everybody resets and then we switch it up and like the people that were zombies during the first match are humans the next one so we do each game type a couple of times then we'll move on to a different game type We've got, I don't know, nine or ten different games in our rotation. So we'll, before each event, we'll outline, okay, we're going to do this game, this game, this game, and this game during that event, almost like a set list. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, we'd have to figure out how to either adapt or go to a more traditional invitational format. I figure it's a long-term goal anyways. Yeah. You know, kind of thing that I comes... think it's inevitable that we do some kind of DartCon thing. and Yeah. We also, we are I will already... say, though, that, Planning an HVZ game does not necessarily have to be a long-term process, speaking from experience. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We just, like, find a good set of rules and copy-paste. <laughs> Thanks. Well, let, let's get into yeah. that in the main topic. Let's finish up yeah. Uh, yeah, our so event. So, Do you want to save it for, for next time? Well, let's just throw the okay. teaser out yeah, there. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, yeah. We had our second um, uh, Dart Ops event Um that our uh, club admin, Sam, uh, runs. And it's a really unique uh, PvP-type event because since we're in the warehouse in Detroit, um, it gives a safe um, venue to do low-light or no-light missions. So um, we had our second one, and and we'll go more into that in in our next episode, but just a quick... uh, yeah, basically, it. It, you rely on flashlights or basically the moon coming through windows. So yeah. works out pretty interestingly. But, uh, yeah. So uh, main topic today, we're going to let Tim take this because this is more of his specialty with HVZ. We're just going to have a general conversation about HVZ and uh, Bogan Sierra, how you guys have been involved in the community for, you know, since you were born, I think. Right, Bogue? Something <laughs> like that? Was, I actually I, think, like, in utero, I was out there just slinging socks out. Yeah, slinging socks. <laughs> no. 
Your mom cared so much. That's why she made you cut your beard off. Oh, yeah. So you started to uh, allude to this a little bit, um, but so what kind of things are involved when you're planning one of your HVZ events? Like, and I I did not play HVZ in college. Uh, I was probably I was probably before HVZ's time in college, but. Uh, I don't. I don't know if your week longs vary um, from the invitationals because that's all I've really been to. I, I've been to I think three at Youngstown now. One at BG, two End Wars, and a partridge in a pear tree. But uh, <laughs> um, what what kind of what do you guys do when you when you're going to plan an invitational or a, an uh, event? Do you pick a topic and then go from there, or do you guys kind of have uh, specific missions in mind and then look for something? I mean, what's your creative process? It's a little, it's a little bit of both usually like for Bogan, I ran obviously the Harry Potter invitational and that for me personally was very much so a, we're going to do plot and then plot missions on top. However, with a lot of it, you, you can do missions and then plot plot on top in a way that makes sense but it does really take a lot of hand-in-hand keeping in mind thematically what you want players to do while still incorporating fun, fast-paced action for the game itself. Yeah, and with uh, what Sierra was alluding to with the plot based around missions, we, like, normally the ones I go with, you get the mission ideas, like, out there first and then kind of add in plot as it makes sense because I feel like it's a lot easier to like have an idea that your players are going to really enjoy like as gameplay and the plot's only going to reach like maybe half the players for a lot of the things. I know Harry Potter was pretty universal with people at least knowing what it is and liking it. So it was a lot better to go that route in the end, but it, a lot of it does come down to what your uh, game director has in mind for that game. Gotcha. Um, Cause what it boils what it boils down to really is that the initial theme and the plot will pique people's interest, but it's your style of game writing and your missions and your setup that is what makes players want to come back and continue playing your games. Gotcha. Um, I, know, I know when I'm coming up with our game types, I always come up with a little bit of a backstory, but it's it's almost like flavor text on a magic card. You know, there, it's it's there to add a little bit, but it doesn't actually play into the uh, the game we're playing in and of itself. Whereas, you know, at like the Harry Potter one, for instance, you know, one of the missions we were out there playing Quidditch, so that obviously the the game mechanic there was drawn from your theme. Yeah, so it fits. But you guys started with the overarching theme, Harry Potter drill down to sort of the set of plot points you wanted to hit as game types to tell the whole story is how I understand it. Um, now, since, I mean, I was not there. Um, the plot, the story points that you guys went through, was were you covering one of the movies or slash books or were you going through the whole series as part of this process? What was the decision there? We hit this whole style of planning is not what we typically do. This is a personal, like, sort of vendetta I have that if you're going to tell people you're there, you've got to do Harry Potter right. You have to do this series justice. Right. So we ended up 
pulling the major plot points from each book. So, of course, things happen. So we didn't get to have seven missions (laughs) like we planned. But we definitely tried to hit the big ticket, memorable points from each part of the series. I absolutely loved how you handled Half-Blood Prince. And how was that? How did they handle it? (laughs) Yeah, that, that... Like... That's one of the like the reasons why like I tend to go with let's get the mission mechanics first because I think even going into this you'll probably agree Sierra that mission six probably was our weakest just because trying oh, to find yeah, 100%. That in that book oh, oh wait that, you can, like, do. that wasn't planned no so, no we had no, no, for the audience what, what happened what happened we, that was for Connor that let's was think an about audible Connor like right twenty minutes beforehand so mission six we're we're in the briefing and they're starting to do. Uh, the uh, description of what we're going to do. And a moderator dressed as Lord Voldemort pops into the room, yells Avada Kedavra, and <laughs> was it... Uh, who was giving the, the talk at that point? Was it Dan? Yeah, I think it was me. Oh, yeah. It, it was, they had me it was as uh, Dumbledore, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Bogue fell over, de- fell over dead, and it was like, all right, we're moving on to final stand. Let's go. Oh, Book six. All right. Yeah. And we're done. Yeah. I, I did that's not. That's all that happened. Yeah. You could have just gone to a cafe and been angsty. You know, had, had, had like teen angst, but a bunch of zombies. Like, eh. That's a credit to you guys then, because I don't think any of us realized that that was a last minute uh, change up. I, I thought that, that was planned that way. So, what was going yeah. to be the mission? Was there a mission? There was. It was a lot of retrieval. And the big like the big catch for that mission was the uh, the potion where uh, you had to like drink all the potion so you could get the horcrux at the bottom of it. Okay. Which would have ended up being we had a uh, punch bowl and a bunch of uh, Mountain Dew Code Red. And the hold would basically be how long did it take a group of players to chug through like what was it two or three two, two liters or three of, two uh, liters of oh, Mountain Dew? Oh, oh, <laughs> I would have been wired for the entire drive home after that. I'll bet. Yeah, it would make it fine for the zombie crawl later too. Uh, the zombie <laughs> crawl is that uh, like a pub crawl? Yeah, the it somehow worked out that the uh, day of our invite. Youngstown, like the city, was hosting their annual zombie crawl, which they'll just like have a bunch of people dress up as zombies, wander up a bridge and down the main street, and then everyone gets drink specials for the rest of the night because we live in Youngstown, we need them. Yeah, and uh, it just happened to coincide. So cool. So you guys mentioned that you thought that it was good that Mission Six worked out that way because you thought it might have been your weakest. Do you? How do you guys? test to make sure that it's going to work the way you think it does do you do like play tests or trial runs on these missions before you actually have the event or all right the, the big secret of uh moderation is no one knows what they're doing <laughs> anything that yep. you plan the second you insert players into it it's all going to go to hell i have found uh, that like out. a lot of times like players are real crafty and one of the things that i know like youngstown like will usually do is sit around, look at our missions after we made them all, and say, if I was playing this mission, how would I break this? Yeah, how would I? And you go through, find that, and like you can somewhat like kind of 
either head off things before it gets there or leave it in as little uh, kind Easter of eggs. Easter egg for people to find. Like we had a uh, college game that was a week long and one of the uh, missions was basically you're at like a kegger and the cops bust in and they're all tanks. And uh, if you get caught by one of the cops, we had an Easter egg there that like if they showed an ID and they were over 21, they get off scot-free. Like, oh, okay, you're fine. Really, we get out of <laughs> That's here. That's a good That's one, actually. Brilliant. And, uh, but yeah, like every game that we have, we like putting in those Easter eggs to let the people who want to break stuff find a way that they can break the stuff and it won't like affect everyone's enjoyment of the game. Because I know that's, that's uh, something that ran into at End War with uh, players just ended up taking things that we weren't actually anticipating and ended up uh, causing like big problems with some missions. Mm. Plus, they're also fun to see if people figure them out or not. Because I know I was on the game dev team for our Jurassic Park game, that survival game. And one of the Easter eggs put in was you first had to go to our shop you had to ask if there were any other items in it. So you get, basically have to find the black market. You have to buy personnel files. Then only by reading those files do you find out that there is a one-person boat off the island. We put in an instant win condition for a singular person. That's so good. If they Wilson broke the game. got that too. However, he got murked in a uh, unfortunate TSA incident right before hitting the field. <laughs> I, I remember you guys talking about the fact that somebody had found that, and I actually witnessed that Merc. <laughs> what the... Yeah. So, Go ahead. I was going to say, it's always little stuff like that that is more fun on our end, too, because it's just a matter of watching people kind of scramble. So and it's got... like, hey, hey, we did that. <laughs> so you mostly think through the stuff but you don't ever actually get a chance to like do a dress run we will occasionally with our like we have occasional like nerve events and stuff like that and if there's something that we want to like test for an invite or like a survival we'll either do it in one of those or do it during the week long and like a kind of more have you ever been to one of our friday nights where it's mission zero no like, i count i always just get up in, at the buck crack of dawn on Saturday morning and, and yeah, that's fair. make the drive down. So something that like we instituted a while ago, just as kind of like something for people to do on Friday nights is we have a mission zero and a BFG usually on Friday nights and mission zero is more or less, you got to come out, you get to shoot things and everyone will probably die during it. Right. BFG is the same way. And it just gives everybody a chance to like, kind of like take into some of those kind of more, we don't know if this is going to work out or not. And it's probably going to get a lot of people killed <laughs> type uh, things. Get it like at least a trial run to see what happened, what we need to fix before it'll actually work out. Mm -hmm. And then it gives everybody a chance to get both sides. So they're used to dying by that point. So it's not as big of a, okay, well now I'm dead and the game's over that you see a lot of times with some other games. So it ends we up also, working out. Sorry. I was going to say, we also, I was kind of going to interrupt your story and switch gears a bit, but, um, we also do look a lot back on our games to see what's worked in the past and how we can tweak it to make it new, but still not broken. And we have to looked at things other schools have done and how they worked and how we could put our own sort of twist on them to move forward and amp it up. A bit. 
give the whole gameplay a new dynamic. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that I like about the the short games that we have here at Club Z13 is because it, it's constantly evolving, constantly a state of flux. Well, something won't work as as I had intended one month, and so I'll tweak that rule to make it you know work a little bit better the next month, and so the games are always improving. Yeah, we have a big discussion usually about uh, a big discussion about the how it went after the Z13 events. And sometimes it comes out like it was perfect, and then there are other times it comes out like total chaos. <laughs> that was broken. You know, and I'm sure. Do you guys collect player feedback afterwards? That's doesn't have to be yeah, a long we, question. Yeah. But... Okay. After yeah. every game, we put out a survey that basically asks, "What missions did you show up to? Which one was your favorite? Why? Yada yada yada." And we look for suggestions. We look for what sort of mechanics people like the best. We looked for what kind of what times people were playing our game most of the time and basically anything that helps us move forward. And we also use that a lot too, to either gauge how other people's takes on other players or takes on the mods and how we can improve as people running games and not just the game itself, which I think is a really nice thing to always have on hand. And then we usually end up doing two different, like kind of debriefs about the game themselves just amongst the mod staff one without the feedback and one after we get everybody's in just kind of like looking at the stuff that we notice behind the scenes that the players hopefully aren't privy to and just kind of like fixing things up on our end dealing with any like behavioral concerns that we ran into dealing with all the administrative crap that we probably ended up stirring up by the end of that gotcha so um you know that really kind of talks about um like preventative um planning and then like hindsight but how do you handle uh adjusting things on the fly like th- the mission is going a lot easier for the humans than it's supposed to be or uh the zombies are just overrunning the humans way too early on and you're going to end up with you know two people going into final stand that type of stuff what what uh, yeah. what tactics do you use to help uh, balance things out? So one of the things I know gets a lot of debate amongst the uh, least admins at most schools that run HVZ is the role of specials and what to do with them. That's my next All question. of our specials are uh, mod played. And our standing uh, goal, hopefully not too many people listen to this, if specials are doing their jobs we will not get kills as specials. We will drive them into situations where the other zombies will get kills. Yeah, but gee, that sounds familiar. We have we have the ability as like with specials to kind of like help flow gameplay to where we need it to be. So we have some specials that we call territorial. And if they get involved into a mission, they have the ability to either shut down humans or shut down zombies with just having specials out on the field, if the humans are getting overrun, you can just remove specials. You don't need to worry about that. If the zombies are just like kind of cracking down on the humans and it's becoming a bit of a cluster, at that point, a lot of times we'll either help remove certain things that we had extra stuff planned for later on the mission or just kind of let them start to die off because if the zombies are doing that well on their own without any help from us, 
they've kind of earned but a lot of it's just kind of experience with knowing like your players and what you have coming on the field and kind of making sure that the overall like tenor of the game it should always be dangerous for humans but not to a point of impossibility and like if you feel like you have a chance then it's probably a good game at that point right yeah and we also have to keep in mind when we're doing that however looking we can only do so much as game designers and moderators if players want to be stupid (laughs) then you just kind of have to let them be stupid and if they die then i mean it's part of the game but we do what we can to make sure we can at least finish a game and get people to final stand and make sure that everybody has a good time and doesn't necessarily feel like it's stacked one way or the other yeah like we've had games end before the final stand and at that point it's just okay we're doing the final stand for fun now if you want to be human you be human if you want to be zombie be zombie that's cool yeah, that's um, cool. You, you kind of led right into my next question, and that was going to be how do you manage your specials and like how do you make sure they're doing what the mechanic is intended and not just going out and massacring. Um, so you, you really kind of led right into that. So I guess um, the the last question I really had is, is about your final stands because you guys have the best final stands I, I think I've been to because you always, at, at least yeah. usually, get to use your... Um, University's stadium. football stadium, which is a fantastic venue. So, how'd you pull that off? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I the first step is always out. paying attention to our team's football schedule. You will <laughs> never find an invite on a weekend where we have a home football game. <laughs> Smart. Yep. Yeah. Um, other than that, the guy who actually controls like our sports facilities is really cool you just there's no like forms you have to fill out we basically email him and be like hey we need the gate unlocked and the lights on for this day at this time and he's like yeah sure there's nothing going on here it is we'll get it about 50 um, percent of the time and not have to call the cops to get them to fix it that but, sounds uh, awesome yeah a big thing here is that this honestly like took forever and a day to get to this point because i know a lot of this is before your time but for the longest time, yeah, Youngstown only been wasn't allowed. We weren't even allowed on campus. We started out as park games in the area. And it took a good probably two and a half years of uh, just like the club fighting to try to get on campus until we could actually like end up running a Sox only game even. We didn't even get blasters at that point. But we ended up like having to work through the administration to not end up being a giant cluster like they i think what happened with our university pacific uh the fraternities in the campus ended up running an assassins game that got out of hand real quick and it ended up that the university was like nope none of this happening ever again but we ended up building a relationship with like the kind of like big wigs in the campus community and ended up finally getting like the socks only game uh, another thing that really helped is we actually had a police chief who was like totally against that he ended up leaving and we got one who was a lot more lax with this stuff I'm like oh this is a college come on here shoot blast yeah be fine and you end up like building those relationships up so you have the trust of the actual people who are in charge of the university and at that point then we started ended up like becoming more and more like of an ingrained thing and people ended up liking us as a club because we were bringing people 
on the campus at times they normally weren't. There was something big and obviously going on on campus, which Youngstown honestly does have problems with, at least used to, with like campus events and a commuter campus kind of like mentality. And it ended up like we became an integral part of the campus community. And from that point, like we started like getting more and more like privileges, I guess, the way to put it. And we ended up with uh, the stadium for a lot of our events at that point because the guy's like, yeah, this is awesome. We kind of help you out with this. Cool. And so- a lot of that, too, falls on our players. So a lot of our rules, like we are a very big campus where when we say stay out of the mulch, it is because we had to work so hard to even have them allow us to run these game on games on campus and with that we they were given rules to us that we have to pass on to them so a lot of things to remember is like when we say you have to stay off the mulch that's because we like running games on campus people like coming to our games on campus and we as a club don't want to do anything to get that taken away from us yeah yeah, you know, we're we're very lucky to have a uh, fantastic relationship with our venue host. He also happens to run the the podcast with us. So I don't know how you manage it, honestly. He's just over here with a blank stare on his face. He's cool. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to think when I ate last. It was way a long time ago. And <laughs> uh, now you're drinking. What's that? Yeah. Now I'm drinking. Yeah, <laughs> fading. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, well, budget time. Not a big social life, which is okay. Which is okay. Yeah. Yeah, where he lets us t- eat into his social life. We give him content, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're gonna make him some content after this. Yeah, give him a beer. Make him do some for us. Well, he gives us beer more often than we give him beer. Got to fix. Oh, wow. We got to flip that around. <laughs> so I, I think I ticked all of the things that I wanted to ask you guys about on my list. Is there anything mm-hmm. that you wanted to talk about for you know about your club, about your events? what you guys do in your roles plug it honestly there's not really things we can plug for this upcoming semester right now because we still need to get dates confirmed so we don't really want to talk about things and get people's hopes up before we actually know it's happening um i guess the biggest thing for us as a club is to just it's worth it you Come, you have fun, you shoot people with Nerf Blasters, um, you meet a ton of great people, and I think most of my friends, if it hadn't been for one person I knew from high school dragging me into HVZ, I wouldn't know 95% of the people I have in my life right now. And it's just a fun thing to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll kind of like just plug HVZ in general. I know like a lot of like nerf based like programs, like at least some aspect of it includes like an HVZ thing, but these big like campus wide events, it's not like you can't bring your best obviously because of just campus limitations and pain rules and other things because it's a more casual setting, but it is a ton of fun. And the more people you have in there, the more fun it is for everybody involved, what I've seen. So if you have something in the area, go to it. Come to our games. Come to YSU and say hi to us. So we got to wait we for the like next one hard. to yeah. pop up. I, I yeah, always yeah. try to to get at least a few people to come down with me when I come. You know, I, I've had uh, 
my buddy Andrew came down with me to the, I think the last two actually, now that I think about it. Um, uh, Sam was with me at the first one I went to. Actually, Sam's been with them, with me at all of them that I've come to too. Sam's got his own kind of people yeah. though. But he, he uh, knows a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I will plug, since we were talking about it though, and because I'm technically supposed to be in charge of it, all of our social media, because I'm here and I can talk <laughs> about that. I forgot about and it. And I'm proud of it because it exists, and I forgot about it. And ex- what is it, it existing? Uh... But that's okay. So on Facebook, which is where all of our events are posted and obviously is the easiest to interact with. We are Youngstown State Urban Gaming Club, YSU Urban Gaming Club. If you search it, we'll probably pop up. Um, our actual event page is YSU UGC Events. That was our loophole because Facebook is weird about posting events. Um, and then Facebook, or not Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. We have all of the above. We are YSU Urban Gaming, all one word. Obviously, no punctuation. So if anybody wants to follow us on that, it's behind-the-scenes stuff. It's quirky posts from not only our Nerf events, but our tabletop events and any other nerd things we decide to do. It is fun content, stuff about our games. Yeah. Yeah. Did your phone so just light check up? Check that out if you want. Yeah, I think you just got a couple of new uh, join requests. Yeah, we'll um, oh. we'll add to the story. Oh, wow, look at uh, that! We'll we'll tag we'll tag them so people know to yeah. who listen to us know to find you guys. Yeah, who also yeah. Are and, on and for our listeners, if you haven't, if you're close enough to travel to Youngstown for an event, I highly recommend that you do. Um, you get a lot of flavor and the same quality of events that you get at Endwar because a lot of the moderator team that works on Endwar is from Youngstown and, and the universities that are close by to them. So, Will we be seeing you guys at Endwar this year? Is that a possibility? Hopefully. I'm That's currently, the plan. Yeah, currently I'm still on the moderator team for Endwar. I'm hoping I can like, kind of stick on with it, but... I'm also kind of going through my internship since I am in grad school and it's kind of being a bit of a bear. So right. we'll see how this shakes up with the load that we're going to have once all that stuff gets started up. We would be heartbroken if Drill Princess was not at Endor. Yeah, tangent. Drill Princess is probably going to be there one way or another. Just might be playing <laughs> instead of modding. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I think I would hunt you down and try to run with you for a mission or two. Yeah, well, we had a great time. If you want time. that, because all go zombie too early. <laughs> nah. Well, I mean, I, if I've you're got a, running uh, the lightning bow squad with say, me, you'll be fine. Oh, no, I'm going to bring if, the uh, If you see me at Endwar, if you see me at Endwar, I will probably be trying to kill you, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, we'll be the ones with the... Um, with the bows, the I got it. The bows yeah. and the jangular <laughs> shirts. Was that in this cut? Saying, so this is uh, take number two. No. Yeah, we could say that. We could say that. So about five minutes, five <laughs> or ten minutes, <laughs> 15 minutes maybe. No, we were, at, we were at like four minutes and then now 50 minutes at the edit points. I don't remember, but oh, wait, was that in this? Yeah. Oh, no, we're talking about Okay, yeah. never mind. So ignore <laughs> everything I just said. Connor, Connor's hung- <laughs> Connor hungry, uh, hungry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but basically we. This is our take number two. If 
No, it's it is. Oh. Yeah, because we, we, we had a memory I forgot card. to. I yeah. I put a full memory card in. You're right. I see what you mean. Thingy. Maybe I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So, if any of that made sense, well, well we hope <laughs> to see on. you guys there, and uh, and also, uh, <laughs> dr- I, I think that I don't. You may have heard it before, but so you were Drill Princess Connor. Were you in that group too? I was. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. In the in the uh, adults only. Uh, what it wasn't adult the, only. It was just. Uh, Sensitive. What was the? It was sensitive content it was, warning. It sounds cooler if you content. say adults only. Your guys' videos were hilarious. Yeah, I really enjoyed those. That was Mulan. Um, <laughs> That's the Mulan one. That yeah. was when yeah. we got Mulan because uh, we were singing it for a long time afterwards. So the three of us in this room <laughs> plus my wife were on the team, and uh, it was awesome. It was definitely a highlight. And I, we can drop one f bomb, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we got one. All right, we got a we got a hard so, f bomb. So the one, way, my fa- my favorite part. Yeah, get ready. <laughs> Cover your children's ears. My favorite Brace your ears. Part was when when Bogue was instructing us on the swarm of bees uh-huh. maneuver. <laughs> and uh, oh man, it's got two f bombs in it. Oh, Dang just, it! Just do it. And he said, the second one would just say father instead. He basically said, now I want you to fuck those motherfuckers up. <laughs> <laughs> and we all had to shoot at everybody at all the zombies. And just, I, can't, see, I can't do it. I can't do it. But we had we had, FBI to, fu- is we had to fudge in. those mother fathers up, and it was perfect. I can't tell you how many times after that mission I yelled "honky" in the tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were always on the fence. That's a that fun was mission. Like... A lot of people got turned into zombies. Yeah. That yeah. Well, I mean, other teams mostly. With, but with 700 players, too. you, you kind of. Yeah. Is that how many there was? 700? There's over I got, 700. I got to say, that was one of the rare instances where I've seen like a plan actually kind of work out <laughs> once it hit contact with humans. Yeah, it was awesome. We kind of sucked before that, but, you know, or maybe you just like yelling at us, which. Yeah, Drill Princess likely. whipped us into shape. Yeah. <laughs> it, and your training must have worked. We, we made it to final Obviously. stand, Eric and I. Yeah, <laughs> Connor got turned. Uh, yeah, but you didn't do the night it. mission. I didn't make Tim. it. You didn't make it to final stand. No, we, I thought you did. You didn't get turned that night mission, did you? Yeah, oh, that's you why did. we, we, met, we up. met up. Yeah, yeah. Tim cheated. Oh no, you, you got turned at, at dinner coming out of the yeah. restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that was yeah. heartbreaking. You were bummed. I was bummed. My <laughs> wife and I got turned at dinner because mm. we were talking to these dudes and they were like being friendly and having a chill conversation with us. And then we go out the door and they were like, "Fuck you." And, <laughs> oh, oh gosh! Beep. Fifty-three. <laughs> no, they towards just the enjoy end. talking with you so much. They want to like keep you around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't realize it's people you had dinner with. They were in the same ho- uh, same restaurant as we were, and they were like chatting with us, and then came up and they got us. ambushed you in the alleyway. <laughs> Yeah. At the end of this video, you should just yell "father" really loud, and I'll just cut that into <laughs> okay. Save the it last for, one. Save it for later. The, the last f bomb. Yeah. Well, but we, quietly, like father, <laughs> father, father, you. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I can't wait. <laughs> or maybe I'll I'll do it. <laughs> Someone else's voice Someone is else's better. Voice. Father. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, we we really appreciate you guys being on here. I think we got a couple shout outs from you. Um, I think we definitely want to shout out Jangular because he has been awesome <laughs> being in contact with the community up here and helping us get some competitive events started. And we wish him all the best in his recovery and his little time off. Um, anything else you guys want to plug in there? Go ahead and plug it, say it, whatever now. Uh, uh, shout out to all the Jank Blasters out there. Bow, bow. Nice. 
should I say father to make it that much more comical Ooh, when you, you are edit correct? It in? Yes. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> just say father a bunch of times and like maybe I'll just throw them in. I'm just gonna start doing my own edits. Like get really weird. <laughs> it ruined the podcast. You don't need. Yeah. To, you don't need to wait. Just throw. <laughs> Hi, I'm Eric. Father <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Connor. Connor's gonna buy a voice modulator on Amazon tonight. This man oh, needs food. Man, I need. Oof. <laughs> okay, so if we've lo- like people who have gone by this point, good, get out of here. But <laughs> I, um, I think this is what people listen. I for. just wanna, I just wanna like go off topic a little bit, off track, real quick. Um, Jurassic Park Invitational sounds awesome, and uh, I wish I could have gone to that because I love Jurassic Park. But. Uh, <laughs> There, my favorite part of End War because we got to experience it directly was the Easter egg from End War, where Universal Universalist employee was uh, hiding, and uh, um, so I found the I was the first person to find him, and I you know I'm a, I'm actually a huge theme park fan, uh, sort of my other hobby I guess you could say, and. I was just like, this is awesome. This I don't even so- remember you ever even talking about this. I'd never heard about the universal yeah. employee. No. He was the the hidden thing. And um, so he told us that uh, my wife and I were the only ones to find him. And then we told one of our friends, um, Josh, uh, who was the leprechaun. Mm-hmm. Um, we told him where he was. And he went up there and was like, hey, what you doing? They looked at him all funny, like you were told I was here. Oh, originally. was he in a suitcase or something? He had a suitcase. Yeah. I do in a remember dark you corner. talking about that a little bit. I didn't realize he was supposed to be a Universal employee. Yeah, he was trying to undermine Disney Corp or Disma Corp. That's yeah. awesome. That part was funny. Um, and then that was my one gripe was like, I know he said at the end of the night we were the only ones to find him, and then they were like, somebody else, zombies found him or something like that, and I was like, no, it was me. <laughs> he that was, was cool. All right. Any last shout-outs? Nope. They nope. already got their nope. chance. Your chance is over. <laughs> don't, forget, for don't forget to follow us on Instagram, where we are posting regular photos and pictures and and you know old timey images of projects and behind the scenes content. And as always, leave us some feedback so that we know how we're doing. For everybody here in the studio and all of you guys at home, have a wonderful night, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care, guys. <laughs>